Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Zachary Hine and this is the fourth installment of Sounds of the Stater. On this episode of Sounds of the Stater, I will talk to Juniors, Wallace Duplicis, and Hopku Morgan about Black History Month and what it means to them. I will also talk to Senior Corey Fruing about Dr. Randy Batolas and what he has done for him. And as always, I will look at the best of the rest, highlighting the rest of the stories going into the Wayne Stater and giving you, the audience, a brief overview. You're listening to episode number four of Sounds of the Stater. The month of February is a very important month. One reason it's important is on the 14th of February is Valentine's Day. How cute. This year... In February, we have a leap day, so we have February 29th. That's exciting. But also on February is Black History Month. Now, not a lot of people know about Black History Month, and I would like to know more. Joining me now to talk about Black History Month is Junior Wallace Duplicis. Wallace, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. All right. First question now, when you hear the name Black History Month, what does that mean to you, and what do you think of when you hear that? Well, the first person I think of when I hear Black History Month, the first person I think of is Martin Luther King. Mm. It's like the first thing that pops in my head. You know, uh, he did so much. He was like a really good spokesperson for the black community, and uh, that's like the number one person that comes to mind when I think of Black History Month. And, yeah, but Black History Month, means a lot that we have a month dedicated to the black community uh knowing what we've been through and how far we've come i actually was just going to ask about martin luther king episode number one i believe it was i interviewed marquise jones about martin luther king day and he had a lot of a lot of good things to say he talked about how he was an inspiration and how mlk day should be recognized more and he was just frankly joyful that we got it off this year, you know. You know, I personally feel like there was a bit more noise, you know, that we didn't get off last year. Do you think that there was a bit more noise that we didn't get off last year? Oh, yeah. I was uh, I was uh, on social media, on, like, Snapchat, and I was seeing a whole bunch of students post that it's crazy that we didn't have the day off uh, for Martin Luther King Day. But I think some of these students were just wanting the days off they don't actually they wasn't respecting the day as much as they should have um but i am really glad that wayne state college has given us the day off because it shows me that they saw us on social media and seeing Mm -hmm. seeing everybody like coming together and wanting martin luther king to be special you know yeah like i said you know i'm really glad that we got off this year and you know I may not have been posting like, oh, this is ridiculous that we don't have it off. But, you know, I do agree. It was ridiculous that, Mm -hmm. you know, Wednesday didn't have it off for some time. And, you know, I'm glad that we uh, have it off now. And hopefully, cross my fingers, MLK Day, we will continue to have that day off for years to come. Now, I'm just going to be straight up. Uh, In my first interview with Marquise, I meant to ask this question, but I didn't. I meant to ask, right. you know, I come from a predominantly white community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live in David City, Nebraska, which is in Butler County. And um, 
in the high school that I graduated, David City Aquinas, we've had, I believe, two uh, African-American students graduate, one in the 90s and one just a couple years ago. Now, you told me that you're from New Orleans, Louisiana, and yes, sir. I, and I understand down there uh, the African-American community is a lot stronger in places like that. For places like David City, Nebraska, or other rural places in Nebraska, who don't necessarily have as many African-American citizens, what would you suggest be to, like, how can we observe, I mean, MLK Day, but, but also Black History Month, you know? What would your advice be? My advice would be to just do your research, you know? If you just go back and look at history and, then, and just see how far we've come, then if you do that, then you would automatically just respect the month. I believe, you know, I think people don't actually know a lot that happened back in time. They just know about slavery and they hear the name Martin Luther King. But if you just go back and do your research and learn about these people, Malcolm X, you know, a whole bunch of people, just do your research. I believe that uh, you will just respect the month. And uh, yeah, I come from New Orleans, Louisiana, and the black community is really strong. But also there's a lot of white people there, too. I graduated with around 1,400 people in my class. And I, really? and some people out here graduate with like 20, you know? Uh, yeah, so when I came here, it was a, definitely it was a culture shock, but I got used to it really, really quick, you know? Now, I understand that uh, this month, uh, Wayne State has a lot of Black History Month events uh, going on. Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but, um, you know, what do you think of all that? You know, you talked about uh, celebration of the culture and recon recon recognition, <laughs> I can't talk, um, of the culture. Uh, so what do you what do you think of all that? What do I think how people should recognize it? More so that people are recognizing it. Okay. What do I think that people are recognizing? I think that is really good. I... I think that um, it shows that we as a unit, we as a unit are evolving because I try not to look at it as the black community and the white community. When I see that people are recognizing what has happened in the past and are trying to get better, I just look at it as we are evolving. And I think it's a good thing that we're not just sticking in the past and not just not caring what happened in the past. I feel like people are doing their research and people are recognizing what happened. So I think that good things are happening and we are just going to continue to go on this arc and evolve and get better. You talked about Martin Luther King and you mentioned Malcolm X, yeah. but for you personally, I guess other than those two, uh, because we know how much of an impact mm -hmm. uh, those guys have, who are your African-American heroes? Mm, that's a tough one. African-American heroes. I would have to say Muhammad Ali and Barack Obama. Those two really mean a lot to me, especially Muhammad Ali. Uh, like the things he had to go through boxing in like the 1960s and 70s. I think a lot of people just looked at black people fighting back then as entertainment you know mm -hmm. he really spoke up a lot and he had no fear when he spoke so I, I really think that he is up there at the top of my list and then behind him i would have to go with like barack obama there is no question that first black president what an impact that he had on our nation i guess final question for me i guess where do you see this going like like do you think there will be even more black history month celebratory events you know because i bet 
there a lot this year, but do you expect that number to increase as the amount of African American students at Wayne State College increases? Because it definitely will. Yes, I think that the amount of African American students at Wayne State will increase. I mean, one thing, it is a really good school, you know, and the prices aren't bad. And I do think we as a unit, I always say unit, we as a unit will evolve. I think they will have a female president and a black female president. Mm. If things keep going the way it's going, I think that that can happen. As long as we don't, you know, just fall down this cliff and just continue to go on the arc, I think anything is possible. Black female president. Yeah, <laughs> that definitely could happen. I'd really like to see that. All right. Well, thank you very much, Wallace. Oh, anytime, man. Anytime. Coming up, we have an interview with Hopgoo Morgan about Black History Month and what it means for her on Sounds of the Stater. Mm, I need a newspaper to read. What's this? The Wayne Stater? Up-to-date news about Wayne State College, opinion columns, sports, movie reviews. Wow, this paper is awesome. Newspapers aren't just for senior citizens anymore, folks. Especially not here at Wayne State. That's because the Wayne Stater is made by the students for the students. And they come out every Wednesday, so be sure to pick up and read the Wayne Stater today. Welcome back to Sounds of the Stater. In the very first episode of Sounds of the Stater, I interviewed senior Marquise Jones about MLK Day. However, as important as MLK was to the African American community and as to the nation as a whole, he's not the only important black figure in this nation. In fact, this month, we have Black History Month, a month dedicated to African American figures and just remembrance of what they have done for us. Join me now to talk about Black History Month and what Black History Month means to her is Junior Hopgu Morgan. Goo, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Now, first question. When you hear the name Black History Month, what comes to your mind? Well, initially February, but the name that comes to my mind, I would definitely go for Martin Luther King or like Rosa Parks, just somebody who is prominent in history. I live in a predominantly white community. My high school only graduated two African-American students, one in the 90s and one in 2017, I want to say. And also Wayne is predominantly white. I feel like Wayne has more African-American students. Again, not as much. How do you believe that communities like that should celebrate Black History Month? They should make a point to recognize it because, um, you know, with all of the problems that we have going on and like in today's climate, I think it's like important to really accept and embrace it and show that you're embracing it, you know? Next question. I know that there are a lot of events about Black History Month going on around campus. You personally, what do you think of those events and do you think there should be more? Yeah, I think there should be something going on every day. I don't see why not. Like every day is an opportunity to like learn something new about a different culture. And since uh, Wayne especially is more of a, you know, Caucasian community, like why not just be open to just learning something new about a culture or just being around it, just being able to expose yourself to something different than you see or you live or you're around every single day. You know, people today were on our phones so much or on computers or whatever. We're in a secluded 
bubble, you know, we don't want to, you know, break out and explore something else. But yeah, I definitely agree, you know, it would be very beneficial to go out, you know, meet someone because, you know, you might just find out that they're, you know, just like you. Next question, uh, you mentioned Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. Do you have any other African-American heroes? I guess why would they be heroes to you? I would probably have to go with well, obviously, I could say Malcolm X. I'm from Omaha. He's mm. also from Omaha. He's really yeah. big in the community I was in. Mm-hmm. When I grew up in Omaha, I grew up in North Omaha, and that is a predominantly black community. So he was a really big figure that we spent a lot of time focusing on and learning about mm. in school. I think there's a lot of really great people that you could categorize and put I could, that I could say right now in this moment that would be a correct answer. I could say Kobe Bryant. You know mm. what I'm saying? Man, he was a legend. He was such a stand-up person, and like you know, he loved his family, and like he sets a good example for so many like youth i don't know there i feel like there's a lot of answers i could go with right there but i definitely want to say malcolm x and kobe bryant because he's pretty dope (laughs) and you know he recently passed away you know R.I.P. Kobe. But no, I agree. People like Bryant and uh, Malcolm X were definitely very important you know not just to the african-american community but you know to this nation as a whole You know, you talk about Malcolm X, talk about uh, civil rights, you know, what figures like he and Martin Luther King did to try and make sure that, you know, those of the white community and African-American community are on uh, an equal playing field. You know, I feel like there's probably one more person that I think is like really cool to say uh, is Jaden Smith. I think he's doing an awesome job being a really like young activist for like, Mm -hmm. you know, just like black rights and like being a just like a solid foundation for like help when it comes to like problems in black communities. I know he's doing a lot for the Flint water crisis by himself. And I just think that it's just a respectable act. I actually I mean, I knew of Jaden Smith, but I didn't know that he was, you know, doing stuff like that. You know that? That's really cool. I guess, you know, I mentioned in the introduction to this interview and also in the first episode, uh, I interviewed uh, senior Marquis Jones about MLK Day. What were your thoughts that, you know, we had it off this year, you know, for the first time in, I'd say, ever? You know, what was your reaction to that? Well, growing up, usually, like, where I'm from, like, that day is just, like, kind of an off day. But being able to be here and then hearing that it was... This is like new. This is like a new thing. I think that it just kind of shows that we're moving more progressively. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're really like putting some respect on his name and all the things that he's done because we do have growing numbers of African-American students. So I think it's just like showing them like respect for like how far we've come and how like Mm -hmm. this is supposed to be like, you know, very equal and like very welcoming environment. And I think that that's like a good way to, you know, show it to everybody. Right. Now, final question. In your opinion, you know, we have Black History Month and we have your Black Student Association, your BSA. Do you think the amount of events celebrating Black History will continue to increase, you know, as the number of African-American students uh, that come to this campus increase? I would like to think so. Um, I've I've been to a couple of our BSA meetings and stuff, and, like, we do really have, like, you know, we have a really good time, and I feel like you get to know a lot of people who are like you and not like you. There are very, there's a very wide variety of, like, African Americans or just people who are um, African or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a very open and accepting environment, and I think that, like, with that kind of positivity going on, that it would just be, like, it'd be a good start to, like, what could be to come. All right, well, 
thank you very much, Gu. Oh, no problem. All right, that was Junior Hop Gu Morgan talking about Black History Month and what it means to her. Coming up, we have the interview about Dr. Randy Bertolis on Sounds of the Stater. Grab a Wayne Stater newspaper. It is full of stories, articles, and fun topics, as well as sports news, news briefs, activities that are coming to the campus, and full cover stories on what has happened. A new issue of the Wayne Stater newspaper comes out every Wednesday and is available to pick up in various locations throughout the campus. The Wayne Stater, what you need to know. Welcome back to Sounds of the Stater. Here at Wayne State College, the population of students outnumber the population of professors. I believe 16 to 1 is the ratio. However, we still have good professors here at Wayne State College. One such professor is Dr. Randy Batolis. Dr. Batolis is a geography professor and, as I previously stated, is well-liked among the student community. Joining me now to talk about Dr. Batolis and just exactly what makes him so likable is Senior Corey Fruing. Corey, how are you? Great. All right, that's good. All right, first question. Um, when did you first meet Dr. Batolis, and did he start as your advisor or, like, what? Yeah, relation? so I actually met him uh, the first time I visited campus. Um, I had a little bit of an interest in geography in general. Actually, I believe it was history, and I ended up meeting with him, uh, which was... Uh, you know, that's not exactly his field specifically, but, um, yeah, that was when I met him and I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do. Um, but I had heard about, uh, how fun of a professor he was from the ambassador I was with or navigator rather. And, um, yeah, after having a conversation with him, my perception of Wayne State really kind of ballooned. And um, I saw him later again during uh, new student orientation, where a lot of people uh, see him give his introduction to students and how to how to handle the transition, mm-hmm. which is always very entertaining. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. Um, um, next question: uh, As of recording this interview, uh, how many classes? And and this year counts, by the way. Uh, how many classes have you taken with Dr. Batolis? And overall, what are your opinions of those specific classes? Oh, man, that's actually kind of hard. I have not counted them yet before. Um, <laughs> let's see. One, two, three. I'd say at least six. Six. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I think his classes are very much alike and very different all at the same time. They offer different approaches to uh, learn the different kinds of um, geographic geographical topics that are covered. But it's always a very fun in learning environment. It brings a lot, um, centers a lot around um, his principle of teaching, which is you, the student um, shows initiative and the teacher is there to provide information when 
um, the student puts, puts forward effort. So that is a, a great asset to any education. Okay, now I'm just rambling. <laughs> no, 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 continue. Great asset to any education. Continue, continue. <laughs> so that approach that he gives is a, um, a great way to not only take in information, but it's also a great avenue for any uh, new students to learn how to take their college education and make it their own. And um, I've really appreciated how vibrant and uh, interesting he makes his uh, lectures Mm -hmm. through all manner of uh, different techniques and just how fun it is. Um, Although I'm not planning to be an educator, he always says that he loves it, how much he loves his job, that he's going to die um, in with a piece of chalk in his hands. And um, I can only aspire to having a job and a career that um, I'll love as much as he does his. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Uh, I've take, I have taken a course with Dr. Batolis, and yeah, I agree. He is a fireball of personality. He is just like bang, 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 like, holy buckets. Like, he is a ball of energy. Once you, wants you to make you, or it makes you want to live your life uh, to the fullest the next day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so you've given uh, your overall perception, but um, from your observing, whether it be in your classes or, like, just, like, you know, in everyday college life, uh, what do you think uh, other people's opinions of Dr. Batolis uh, are? And this could be students, faculty, you know. Um, you know, I think the biggest uh, reaction that I get from people who have taken classes with him is, uh, well, I think their first impression is always, wow, that guy's got a lot of energy or, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, you know, he's, a, he's a, a lot of fun. He, he has a lot of jokes. Um, all of which are the case. But um, I think a lot of people who really invest time into the material and into the teaching that he brings to his courses will realize that, uh, you know, he's trying to give people the best education in the field that he covers. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, I think that's what a lot of people see when they put forth that effort. All right. Yeah, I agree. You know, as fun as his classes are, you know, you know, he likes it even more when you put forth uh, that much effort. Um, I guess, uh, would you recommend people take uh, classes with him? Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure, uh, I forget which one it is. I think it's like... Geo 120 is a required Gen Ed, but uh, after that, would you uh, recommend that people take more classes with uh, Dr. Batolis? And uh, as a history major, um, which ones would you recommend and why? <laughs> well, uh, Zach, the th- Geo 120, like you mentioned, is World Regional Geography, and that is a Gen Ed, um, and that's always a fun class. Um, mm-hmm. but there's much more to, I'm a, I'm a geography major, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
there's a lot more that you can uh, that can be offered from geography and um, Geo 120 is a great place to start because um, it just gives you a it just broadens your horizons to how the world works and where it is uh, where things are located in relation to you and how they affect you and that was really what drew me to the field of geography um, as a freshman in his uh, honors course um, but other geography courses that I think are really awesome include uh, the rest of them. <laughs> uh, they're all very interesting in unique ways, and not just the ones that Dr. Bertolis offers, but also the ones uh, Dr. Rawlings offers. They they each offer different classes. Um, it just really depends on what your interests lie, because where your interests lie, because. Geography um, involves all sorts of different um, aspects of social sciences, uh, whether it be human environmental interaction to um, specific regional uh, themes or even uh, physical geography, which might include things like disasters. Mm-hmm. So there's something for everyone. Yeah, I got you. Wow. I didn't realize how many classes he taught, if I'm being honest. Like, I knew he was a prominent professor, but I didn't know he taught that much. Like, holy crap. Uh, final question is, um, like, I know that students, you know, you talked about freshman orientation, and, like, you know, he gives his speech about how the transition from high school to college is drastic, and, you know... I feel like people can be intimidated by it, you know, myself included, but, and, you know, not just at his presentation, but perhaps by by him as a whole, you know, like, yes, he has a fireball personality, but, you know, that could, you know, draw people away. Um, uh, For people like that, uh, what would you say about uh, Dr. Batolis, like, in closing? (laughs) Well, um, although, you know, some people might be uh, intimidated by seeing a real-life professor in front of them (laughs) for the first time, um, you know, I think, well, he offers, first of all, he offers a lot of great advice in that, uh, you know, college is a big transition. Mm -hmm. And uh, for a lot of people, for a lot of uh, high schoolers, it's uh, time to put on, you know, their adult pants. It's time to uh, mm-hmm. get buckled down and take uh, more initiative into their own mm-hmm. life and what their future holds. Um, so for some people, uh, that information coming from anyone would be rather unsettling. But um, it's good advice, and he presents it in a very colorful way, and that makes it mm-hmm. all the more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does. You know, I really like, you know, as I keep mentioning, his colorful personality, you know, such a fireball energy, you know. Um, I actually was in the education uh, profession before, and, uh, you know, when I saw Dr. Vitolis, I was like, you know, that is who I want to be, you know. If I'm ever a teacher, you know, in the future, that's who I want to be, and, you know, that. That can be applied to any profession, you know. I want to go in the radio business, so, you know, 
I want to try and be a fiery DJ with, you know, as I say, a fireball personality. But, yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Corey. Yeah, thank you, Zach. All right. Yeah, no problem. All right. That was Geography. Got it right this time. Geography geography major Corey Fruing talking about Dr. Randy Batolis and what drew him to his classes. Coming up, we have the best of the rest on Sounds of the Stater. Wayne State College number one college newspaper, The Wayne Stater, is brought to you by students who have a passion to report on stories that happen on campus and in the surrounding community. The Wayne Stater keeps you, the reader, informed on what events are going to take place on campus and give you full cover stories on what has happened. Not only is it a good way to be informed, It is also a great way to relax and unwind with the stator in one hand and your favorite beverage in the other. After a long day of studying, who doesn't need a break? The Wayne Stator comes out every Wednesday and they are located throughout the campus and a few locations in the town of Wayne. If you missed out on an issue, you need not to worry. The Wayne Stator is now online for easy access and convenience. To check it out, go to thewaynestater.com and view all the latest stories and events. I checked it out, so why don't you? The Wayne Stater is online at thewaynestater.com. The Wayne Stater, what you need to know. Welcome back to Sounds of the Stater. And finally, let's take a look at the best of the rest. Best of the rest is, of course, the segment of the podcast in which I look at the other stories going in the Wayne Stater And now I give you, the audience, a brief overview. First, Rustic Treasures, the beloved antique shop in downtown Wayne, is unfortunately closing. Yes, after seven years of business, Rustic Treasures will be closing. The owners, Lucas Ricks and Mark Canitz, are moving to Omaha where they will start a brand new business. We wish them all the best. Next, if you're in the mood for a war epic, I would invite you to go see 1917, playing at the Majestic. 1917 is, of course, the eighth film directed by Sam Mendes, is known for its camera work done by Roger Deakins, and stars George McKay and Dean Charles Chapman. This film, played at the... 1917 played at the Majestic last weekend, but is returning to the Majestic February 13th, 14th, and 15th at 7 p.m. and will play on Sunday, February 16th at 2 p.m. I would invite you to go see it. Virtual Reality, yes, VR, has come to the Fred Z Planetarium here at Wayne State College. Oculus Rift and Oculus Quest Two VR games have come to the Fred Z Planetarium. They opened not too long ago and are here for the long haul. If you're interested in VR, then I suggest you head on down to the Fred Z Planetarium and check it out for yourself. And finally, let's take a look at the best in Wildcat sports. This week, we will explore news from men's cross country, men's baseball, men's and women's track, and also men's and women's basketball. Firstly, good news for the Wayne State men's cross-country team who have recorded the top grade point average in NCAA Division II 
with a 3.82 overall team GPA. The 2019 men's cross-country team consisted of Brock Hegarty, Nathan Heimer, Bryce Holcomb, Jacob Kemper, Dylan Kessler, Will McGonigal, Nathan Pearson, and Bailey Peckham. All of these athletes contributed to this GPA. All of you should be very proud, and all of us here are proud of you. And next, we have some unfortunate news for WSC Baseball. Their series at Rogers State in Clemore, Oklahoma has been canceled due to snow and rain. Both teams were 2-2 two and two on the season, and this is very tragic for both teams. Hopefully, nothing drastic happens in their next series, which is scheduled for this weekend, a doubleheader at Southwest Baptist in Boulevard, Missouri. One game at 12 p.m., the other at 2 p.m., and on February 16th, the Wildcats will once again be in Boulevard, Missouri to play the Bearcats at 1 p.m. We wish the Wildcat baseball team the best of luck. Next, let's take a look at the results of the men's and women's track teams over the two meets that they competed in this weekend. The first was the University of Nebraska Husker invite in the state's capital, Lincoln, Nebraska, and the next was the University of South Dakota invite in Vermilion, South Dakota. First, let's take a look at the men's. Wayne State College throwers, junior Kate Kalkowski and Dylan Kopp shined in the Wayne throw this weekend for the Wildcat men's indoor track and field teams this weekend. Kalkowski posted back-to-back season best marks in the weight throw, placing fifth on Friday in Lincoln with a mark of 65 feet, 3.5 inches, and on Saturday he placed first with a mark of 66 feet, one and three quarters inches. Kalkowski's throws were NCAA provisional marks and his mark on Saturday at USD now ranks him sixth in NCAA Division II. Kopp notched an eighth place mark on Friday in Lincoln at 61 feet, nine and three quarters inches and produced a best throw of 61 feet, 10 and one one quarter inches on Saturday in Vermilion to take second. Other Wildcat top performers on Saturday in the University of South Dakota meet included Aaron English, who tied for sixth in the high jump with a mark of 5 feet 11 and a half inches, and junior Preston Davis, who recorded an 11th place finish in the 400 meter dash at 53.83 at 53. seconds. Now let's take a look at the women's results over the weekend. Sophomore Mackenzie Scheel posted NCAA provisional marks in the weight throw and shot put to lead the Wayne State College women's indoor track and field teams Friday at the University of Nebraska Husker invite and Saturday at the University of South Dakota invite. Scheel started her weekend taking third in the weight throw at the Husker invite in Lincoln on Friday with a mark of 61 feet, one and one half inches. On Saturday in Vermilion, the sophomore won the weight throw at 62 feet, two inches, and later took second in the shot put with a mark of 47 feet, one quarter inches. Shields' effort in the weight throw now ranks her fourth in NCAA Division II, 
while her NCAA provisional mark in the shot put now sits 13th in NCAA Division II. Junior Kenzie Sullivan had a solid day on Saturday at the USD meet, taking second in the weight throw with a mark of 56 feet, 7 and 1 half inches, and fifth in the shot put at 46 feet, 6 and a half inches, an NCAA provisional mark. Sophomore sprinter Jordan Pester collected a fourth place finish in the 400 meter dash with a time of 1 minute 0.21 seconds. Allie Dykeman cleared 5 feet 2 and a half inches to place 8th in the high jump with Hannah Lazor right behind in ninth at 5 feet 3 quarter inches. Sophomore Michaela Marvin finished 10th in the pole vault clearing 11 feet 2 and 1 quarter inches. Both teams will next compete at the Concordia Invite at Concordia University in Seward on Friday, February 14th. And finally, let's take a look at the men's and women's basketball teams and the two games they played over the weekend. Unfortunately, the men's team went 0-2 in their games over the weekend, while the Wildcat women went 1-1. Let's start with the Wildcat men. The Wildcat men's team started their weekend against St. Cloud State, but unfortunately lost 90-68 because of hot shooting on the side of the Huskies. Top scorers for the Wildcats were sophomore center Jordan Zanson, who led with 16 points his 35th consecutive game, scoring double figures. Senior Altavius Jackson followed with 13 points, while Nick Ferrini and Nate Moore also reached double digits with 11 and 10 points. But unfortunately, this was not enough to bring the Wildcats over St. Cloud State. And their efforts weren't enough to bring the men's team over the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs either, who also experienced hot shooting on the day with a final score of 91 for the Bulldogs, 70 for the Wildcats. Leading scores for the Wildcats were senior Altavius Jackson with 16 points, Nate Moore with 14, number 33 Henry Penner with 12 points, and Ben Dentlinger with 10. But unfortunately, like I said, the Wildcats were not able to to go over the Bulldogs. And now, let's take a look at the Wildcat women's basketball team who went 1-1 one one over the weekend. Their one win came at St. Cloud State. The women actually snapped St. Cloud State's 10-game winning streak with a stellar 79-58 win. The Wild Leading scorers for the Wildcats were juniors Aaron Norling and Hallie Bussey, who both recorded 20 points. Very good shooting on the part of the Cats. And like the men's team, the women fell short to the Bulldogs, losing by a score of 54-77. Top scorers for the Cats were junior number 22 Aaron Norling, who coincidentally enough scored 22 points which I think is kind of funny. Also, number 54, Brittany Bongards scored 10 points. Number, number 23, Junior Halle Bussey scored 7. And number 3, Haley Vesey scored 5. Now, both teams will stay here in Wayne this weekend, going up against 
Two teams from Minnesota, Concordia St. Paul on Friday, February 14th, and Minnesota State Mankato Mavericks on Friday, February 15th. The women tip off against the Golden Bears at 5.30 and the Mavericks at 3.30, while the men tip off against the Golden Bears at 7.30 and the Mavericks at 5.30. We wish both teams the best of luck. And that will be all, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you had a splendid time listening to Sounds of the Stater, episode number four. If you want to listen to this podcast again, you can go to the website in which it was created, anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash my name, Zachary Hine, and look for my podcast. You can also go to the Wayne Stater website and app, and all previous episodes, including this one, will be there. You can also go to Spotify and even Google Podcasts and listen to my podcast there. You can also tune into this station, Your Music Authority, 919 The Cat, on Friday at 2 p.m. to listen to this and other episodes. If you want to read these stories in their entirety, you can pick up a free copy of the Wayne Stater in all buildings around Wayne State College campus and most areas around the town of Wayne, Nebraska. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you next time on Sounds of the Stater.